All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. As always, Bo and Brant coming at you as part of the Fantasy Holics. Um, today we're going to cover the uh, NFC North. Um, we're going to we're once again we're remote. Uh, got a lot going on uh, right now, but we want to make sure we keep pumping these out to you guys. Keep getting you guys ready for these drafts. Um, as we talk about these teams here, and we're breaking down these um, divisions and everything, I do want to say that. This isn't just for Dynasty Leagues. Like, yes, yes, we are, you know, mainly directed towards Dynasty. But as we talk about these players, a lot can also be said for their redraft coming into this upcoming year. Because that's really where we're taking a lot of our um, look ahead is, is, you know, how the next year is going to end up shaping up for a lot of them. Yeah, of course, Brent, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, a lot of the reasons why we're off of certain players or on to certain other ones uh, <clears throat> and dynasty startups has a lot to do with what their immediate impact look like. Uh, so, so this year, uh, so obviously with that being said, if, if there's a player that we're extremely high on uh, because this outlook's great for this year, then obviously that's going to bode well for redraft as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, um, I say we jump straight into here and, and, and get this, uh, get these uh, names out there, get it kicking. Uh, do you want to kick off or do you want me to kick it off with the champs like we have been? Yeah, let's kick it off with the champs like we have been. So I got the Green Bay Packers there in the NFC North. And really to find a bus with this team is actually extremely hard. And the fact is all their ADPs have gone so low because Adams has left. So Aaron Jones has dropped an ADP. Dylan's dropping an ADP. Well, Dylan's probably right where he should be, but we'll talk about that one here in a minute. And um, so I went with Rodgers. That was really the only one that I could actually really pinpoint as a bust. And he's coming off back-to-back MVP seasons. Uh, He's losing his best weapon. He has no real uh, chemistry with the whole lot. I mean, he doesn't have a massive chemistry with his, his weapons that he has now. Yes, he does have a ki- little chemistry with Lazard, Tanyan, um, and, and, and and I just saw something. Um, both Tanyan and Watson are both starting on the pup list for camp, which is going to put them a step behind and actually made me retract some of my, uh, my research here. But, yeah, Rodgers really, I mean, he finished in the top ten last year as a quarterback, and I don't know if he can – do that again this year without as many weapons as he had last year and without Devontae Adams. That is the biggest thing. Um, that's really the only reason he's a bust. I mean, it. he has a great ADP position. His age and dynasty is another reason I claim him as a bust because he is up there in age. And always then during the offseason, you never know what you're going to get with Rodgers either. Some days it's, you know, oh, I don't want to play no more. I'm going to do Jeopardy. And some days it's, is, all right, I'm ready to play again. So you just never know what you get with him. Listen, I, I want to say that I think he's going to come into camp and into the, this season like a dangerous man. I don't know if you sh- saw his fit from a reporting day where he showed up to camp looking like uh, uh, Nicholas Cage from Con Air. He's ready to go. He's ready to go. He had the wife beater on, the long hair, the luscious locks flowing. He, he's ready to go. Back-to-back MVP, like you said. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, Brand, I'm going to give you a little bit of guff here. I think you took the easy way out on this one. Uh, the man's definitely going to have a have a coming part without, you know, the best wide receiver in football uh, to catch passes from him. I don't expect Alan Lazard to become the next greatest thing in fan, uh, for a fantasy as a wide receiver. Uh, it's, it's not going to be the same. It's just not. 
Absolutely, absolutely. And that's going to roll me straight into my sleeper is, is Alan Lazard. It was originally Tanyan until I realized he's starting on the pup. I'm sorry, you start on the pup. You're not sure if you're ready for week one. You don't get that chance to build a little better chemistry with with um, uh, Rodgers. I just don't I, – I can't put you in, in anything here. You're starting out on the pup. You're missing all that time with him. I understand he's probably – Rodgers probably isn't going to play in any preseason games, but he – we've seen it year after year after year. He does participate in those drills with his wideouts and everything else. That's the same thing that really scares me about Watson coming into this year too is not participating during training camp. So I have to say I have, I have Alan Lazard. He, um, he he's he's – like I said, he's out there during training camp, and he's he's the most trusted wide receiver that Rodgers has. Wide receiver, I have to say, that Rodgers has out there right now. So Lazard at his ADP is a great value. I mean, you're getting him. Um, apparently my computer wanted to go to sleep on me. You're getting him late late in drafts. So, I mean, he's a guy that I'm willing to throw a, a dart a dart at and go ahead and add him as, you know, wide receiver three, wide receiver four range, 127th player off the board So after the 10th round. So, absolutely a, a guy that I'm willing to take a chance on. Yeah, Brant, you know, it's it's interesting, too, that you bring up the camp side of things. And, uh, you know, I, I know a lot of people are probably listening to you talk about how, you know, Rodgers isn't out there, so what's the big deal if these guys don't, you know, don't play preseason? Well, the big deal is for a guy like Christian Watson coming out of a small school uh, is, you know, you got to get used to that, that NFL game speed. And even if you're going against second-string NFL corners, that's better than the corners you faced in most of your college career, right? Uh, and so we see these wide receivers – uh, get acclimated with uh, the NFL game speed uh, playing in the preseason. You know, you get rid of that alligator arm syndrome where these guys are scared to reach out and make make uh, catches because they're scared of getting hit. You know, it always takes that first hit before, before it's like, okay, here we are. This is what it is. We're back to it you know, whatever. Um, and so for, for a, a rookie wide receiver to come in and not get that opportunity to be in, in training camp uh, and not participate in preseason games, it's definitely going to put um, – Christian Watson behind the eight ball. I I do love Alan Lazard this year. I just still don't think Alan Lazard's enough to crack the top 30. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So um, that's going to roll me into my studs and my breakouts. It, it's kind of it, – they're kind of both together. I really feel like I took the easy, coward way out with Green Bay because it was really hard after actually sitting down and looking at their ADPs. It was really hard to put anybody in a bad position or even in a good position. So with the stud, I'm going with Aaron Jones. Pretty much the easiest way. This man's gonna. This man is the most trusted weapon that Rodgers has coming back this year. You're gonna see. I think some of his carries you're gonna see turn into even more targets this year. Um, and I mean, he's being drafted as the where do I have it? He's the running back 15 coming off the board right now. And even in even in the committee share time that he had with. Um, Dylan at the last, you know, four weeks of the season where they both played 17 points, 17 points, 16 points, and 16 points in BPR. And that's sharing the backfield with Dylan. And, I mean, he was seeing um, upwards right around 50% of the snaps. Um, so, I mean, it's not like, you know, he was out there dramatically more than him or anything else. He was out there. Let's see. I'm pulling up real fast, right fast. Uh, 45% on the first one, 63, 56, 41. 60, 40 timeshare pretty much if you average that out. And that is definitely what I see coming into this year. And that brings me into my breakout. 
A.J. Dillon, last four weeks of the season, averaged 11 points in PPR. A.J. Dillon's going off um, later in the draft. This is a guy that almost averaging, you know, like I said, he averaged 11 points, averaging 11 points. You almost can plug him into um, as an RB2. He may not be the the sexiest thing being put there, but he looks like a very safe thing. And I start, I see uh, Dylan seeing a lot more goal line kill, carries this year. Yeah, I, you know that that's one of the few backfields that if you get either either one of the running backs in, uh, you're gonna be, you're gonna have a, a certain level of, of confidence each week plugging those guys into your lineup and uh, and knowing you're gonna get points that'll help you win week in and week out. Um, obviously, with both of them being there, neither one of them is going to be you know a bell cow back for fantasy. Uh, I guess Aaron Jones kind of has been in the past, but I think that split keeps to gr- growing until it gets to about 50-50, like you alluded to and, and I think uh, because of that I don't think Aaron Jones will stay uh, in the top five but I think they're both going to be very very serviceable obviously with nobody else being there to pa- catch, uh, catch passes in Green Bay Aaron Jones could see his numbers of targets skyrocket with his carries come down whereas A.J. Dillon could see those carries shoot up and they could both you know shock the world and be top 10 backs it wouldn't surprise me uh, all that tremendously much I mean I know uh, when we did our running back rankings episode, you were much higher on Aaron Jones than I was, and, and that was your exact reasoning for it. So uh, it's definitely inter- going to be interesting to see how that backfield plays out and, and what uh, what kind of fantasy va- uh, values it, it puts out. So both of these guys finished in the top 24 last year. So both of these finished either as an RB1 or as an RB2. And that was as we slowly saw Dylan work his way more and more and more in, now you're kicking Devontae Adams out. You're going to see both these guys on the field a lot together, I would assume. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty safe assumption. So, um, if you want to roll into um, uh, the Minnesota Vikings there, I, I, I'm really, really anxious to hear about them. All right, perfect. I had the uh, my, I had my my first player for Detroit pulled up, but we'll go ahead and switch gears here. Oh, that's cool. You go uh, Detroit. No, nope, I'm already on it now. So uh, let's let's just get right in into Minnesota, right? Uh, and so the obvious one for me, and the, the one to get out of the way with right off the jump is the stud. Um, and really, you could make the argument that you could go one or two positions here because you know for for many years they've had a top end running back in Dalvin Cook, uh, but I actually went with the 23 year old Justin Jefferson here. Uh, and Justin Jefferson's two seasons uh, in the league, he finished as uh, wide receiver six in PPR formats and wide receiver four in PPR formats. And the interesting thing about both those finishes uh, is he also finished as the wide receiver six in standard that year and the wide receiver four in standard that year. So uh, it's it's very uh, uh, good production you're getting out of him here. Um, you know, last year he saw 167 targets uh, for 108 yards, 1,616 yards. I'm sorry, 108 receptions out of targets there uh, for 1,616 yards, averaging 9.68 yards per target. I mean, that's just an unreal stat. And then he came down with 10 touchdowns on top of that. Uh, listen, I think uh, the big reason why it's so easy for me to be in on uh, Justin Jefferson is because I think the quarterback in Minnesota is, is slept on quite a bit too, um, which is why Kirk Cousins is my sleeper pick. 
Um, Kirk Cousins is the type of guy that if you punt on the quarterback position uh, in in your drafts and you wait, uh, you know, you want to address those, uh, you know, your starting wide receivers, your starting running backs, your flexes, and a couple bench spots uh, before you uh, snag up a quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins is is one of those guys that I'd absolutely be targeting in those spots i mean i i know when we did the the quarterback show not too long ago kirk cousins was a guy that i that i talked about brand um and since 2015 he, he had his first three seasons he was the backup to robert griffin rg3 there in washington if you if you remember that they were taken on that same draft but since 2015 kirk cousins has quarterback finishes of quarterback 10 quarterback 5 quarterback 6 quarterback 13 quarterback 19 quarterback 11 and quarterback 11 so the last two years he's been a quarterback one in 12 uh 12 man leagues and you know kirk cousins is a guy that right now if you wanted to pull him in a draft you'd be aiming to get him in the roughly the 13th round yeah is where Kirk Cousins would be going, the 13th round. So you're telling me I can get a guy who's finishing as a quarterback one, all right, in the 13th round. So that gives me plenty of time to address all my positionary picks. I can get ahead of that running back and wide receiver curve, maybe even grab my tight end early, and then get a quarterback late that at that point in time, uh, in the 13th round, you're giving me a quarterback that's going to be a quarterback one. And I don't have to spend any time thinking about that later. I can take a gamble on one of these other younger quarterbacks, like a Zach Wilson or something later for something more flashy. Uh, Kirk Cousins is my sleeper. All right. Uh, Move right into my breakout. And, uh, Brant, I know this is a guy that's near and dear to your heart. Uh, That is Irv Smith, the tight end there in Minnesota. Uh, Brant, I know (laughs) this is a – a name that had been floated to you a couple of times in, in dynasty leagues as, as a, as a trade candidate for you. And you were, you weren't completely sold on it. And I understand why um, last year he missed the entire season. Uh, and the year before that, he only played 13 games. But the thing, the thing about it is, is Kyle Rudolph's no longer in town, right? Kyle Rudolph's gone uh, with the bucks now, um, which we'll get into that at a little, little bit later of a time. But in his last in, in 2020, when uh, Irv Smith played, he had some really solid games. Week nine against Detroit, he hung up thir- uh, 15 PPR points. Um, week 14 against Tampa Bay, he threw up 16 points. And in week 16 against week 16 against New Orleans, <coughs> excuse me, week 16 against New Orleans, he threw up another 23 points. So the big thing though is in all the three of those games, he's had he had touchdowns. So. It's safe to say he's touchdown dependent, but I think this is a guy that will be significantly targeted in the red zone this year if he stays healthy with Kirk Cousins. I know Adam Thielen is one of the most targeted wideouts in uh, the red zone, but I think Irv Smith's going to take a lot of that work this year. I mean, he's six foot two, two hundred and forty pounds, so he's got a big frame. You know, and this is going to be a guy that when Kirk Cousins gets down there, Kirk Cousins is crafty. He finds a way to get the ball in the end zone. I look for Irv Smith. Uh, to potentially benefit from that where Adam Thielen drops off from it. So, Brant, with all that being said, do you want to take a stab as to, to guess who uh, my my uh, dud is in Minnesota? I'm going to have to say it's Dalvin Cook. It is not Dalvin Cook. It is that of Adam Thielen. And that's a guy – Adam Thielen's a guy that I've been very high on. Yeah, that's why acquire. I didn't guess that one. <laughs> right. It's a guy that I've tried to acquire in a lot of my dynasty leagues in the last few years. Um, but at, at this point, he's 31 years of age, uh, you know, six foot two, 200 pounds, really, really a, a, 
crafty wide receiver the way he you know he comes in and out of his slants he hits those shifts and he's he's there and he's gone real quick really crafty around the red zone um but you know last year he only played 13 games 2020 he only played in 15 games and 2019 he only played in 10 games so we've got a little bit of an injury thing going on here and his targets have decreased significantly since 2018 he had 153 in 2018 and then he only played in 10 games in 2019 but his reception or his targets were only 48 and then you go to 2020 where he played in 15 games and he finishes the wide receiver 10 in PPR that year with just 108 targets, but he had 14 touchdowns. That the, the touchdowns is what's kept Adam Thielen relevant in fantasy the last couple of years. And then if you go back to last year, where last year he still was a top 30 wide receiver, a top 30 wide receiver, Brant, with 10 touchdowns. If you take away Adam Thielen's touchdowns last year, Adam Thielen's like a wide receiver six, okay? And I understand the touchdowns happen, so you can't really just take them away. But I, I think with Irv Smith being back, being healthy, you've got that that similar running back situation in Minnesota that you do to Green Bay. With Alexander Madison hasn't emerged quite as heavily as AJ Dillon has yet, but those guys are AJ Dillon or excuse me, Alexander Madison is very serviceable, and Dalvin Cook's a stud. You've got Justin Jefferson. Somewhere something's got to give, and I expect that to come from Adam Thielen a little bit. And so Adam Thielen's my dud, and the real reason why, and I want to I want to class or clarify this too before I let you let you take back over with the Chicago Bears, Brand, is that Adam Thielen is still being drafted in the back half of the eighth round or the first mm. half of the ninth round. So he is still going very early in drafts right now, and and the regression's coming. I mean, the touchdown regression's coming. If 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 he had just five touchdowns last year, he'd still be well outside of your top thirty six wide receivers. So there's there's my uh, my my list for Minnesota brand. If you want to take us back over to Chicago, wow! I just I didn't realize uh, Thielen's ADP was that high. Um, wow. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely. I see. I I, I there's there's really nothing to argue with what you got there. Um, Thielen's one of those guys that um, really does scare me this year too, especially with all the the reports coming out with Dalvin Cook lining up out there, helping out with the wide receivers and everything else. Um, I understand, you know, they're they're supposed to become a little more pass friendly there in Minnesota this year, but when it becomes pass friendly and you start talking about lining up the the running back out there and and you know a bunch of formations, that means Madison's in the backfield, so that gives you two more. You know, another option out there too. Plus, you're talking about Irv Smith being being back and healthy. So I definitely could see there's 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 no argument from any of those coming out off of my way. Um, so I'll jump I'll jump here into the uh, Chicago Bears. Um, this one here, um, I almost feel like I took maybe the easy way out. Um, again, I really really wanted to slide somebody into. To this, um, a guy that I was extremely high on his rookie year. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go to my bus. My bus is is, is uh, Justin Fields. They had no help on the offensive line. This man's going to be running for his life. Until Chicago does something, you're going to see Justin Fields as Russell Wilson 2.0. And I'm sorry, I don't see how you can make that many plays when you don't have the weapons like Russell had. Russell had Doug Baldwin out there playing street street football when Russell was out of the pocket. He had Lockett, who he had a beautiful chemistry with, and then he had DK, who could just normally bully most of the corners in the NFL to get himself open. You show me a weapon like any of those. On... Jacoby Myers. Huh? 
Jacoby Myers. Wrong team. We're talking or, about uh, Nikhil Harry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, Nikhil yeah. Nikhil Harry, sorry. That was a guy I wanted to slide into my sleeper over here, but I just couldn't do it. I love, I did like Harry coming out, but uh, no, no, no. But yeah, no, I don't see, I don't see any weapons on that team being able to do something like that to, to help Fields out that much. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Harry does, you know, make it a little bit better for him. But uh, my stud, real easy in Chicago, David Montgomery. The man has just been a workhorse back, and you really don't see that a whole lot, you know, in the NFL anymore. You're seeing so many teams go to committee. Well, I'm sorry. Chicago's not 80, 82% of snaps, 85, 95, 84, 70, 84. This man was out there for the majority of the game. And he finished his RB19 in in PPR leagues last year. So um, and that was that was only in 13 games, by the way. So he missed four games also due to injury. So this guy's going as the RB18 off the board in most drafts. And this guy is, is going to be the RB1 there in Chicago and the focal point to, to Chicago moving that football. And I really think that if they somehow, and I think they're going to have to get into the read option game with Monty and Fields, I think that opens it up even more for Monty to gain more. This guy's been one of the top five tackle breakers in the NFL too. So you you give two options of running, and, and he has less less pressure on him to break as many tackles. I really think this guy is, is poised to be a, a stud again this year and a top 15 RB, and I mean, like I said, you're getting him as RB 18. If he's top 15, I'm absolutely in love with that as my RB 2 coming off. Um, my breakout is is Darnell Mooney. Um, like I said, I wanted to get Harry in here. I just couldn't do it. Mooney's coming in. He's, he's going to be the wide receiver one. He has some chemistry with Fields already. Um, I think that he will – Thrive with that with Allen Robinson moving on. Um, he finished as the wide receiver 23 actually last year in PPR leagues, and he's going as the 75th player off the board. This guy right here, he's, he's poised to to break out and be the best receiving weapon in in Chicago this year. Um, but that brings me to a guy that is in my sleeper that I really think could end up. Po- could end up breaking out as the best receiving option also. And that's why I got both of these guys right here as my breakouts and sleepers. Cole Komet, normally a young quarterback's best friend, a guy a, a, a guy that's um, going to be a safety blanket for um, Fields as he has to roll out of the pocket and everything else. And I it, – I, I think I really think that this offense is going to – and it makes me more comfortable with Komet too because I really think this offense is going to be a focal point of the tight end pass game and uh, Montgomery run game. And, and I don't – and, you know, every once in a while, you know, obviously seeing um, the dump-offs to, um, to Montgomery is going to help him too and everything else. So I definitely think that's uh, – very, very uh, high chance that uh, Cole Komet has a nice breakout game, breakout year this year for him. 
Sure, sure. I, you know, Cole Komet's one that I'm really a big fan of there in Chicago. Uh, somebody's going to benefit from those those vacated targets of Allen Robinson. Uh, Darnell Mooney, I think last year was was about where you're going to see him finish. Um, and I, I just, I, I'm all over Cole Komet this year. Uh, you know that I, I, that's been a player that I've went and, and picked up um, and a lot everywhere that I've had a chance. So, uh Let's get right on into Detroit, and I'm going to start this one very similarly to the, to the way I started Minnesota, um, and that's the, with the stud, and it, it's none other than DeAndre Swift. Listen, right now, DeAndre Swift is is um, he's at that point where his ADP is almost at his ceiling. Okay, he's he's being drafted as like the seventh player off the board right now, and uh, in dynasty startup formats, and that's got a lot to do with his age and what his role is and what his workload should look like. Um, and I know in the last two episodes, Brandon, you and I have kind of beaten up on guys like this because they're kind of already at where their where their ceiling is. But um, in dynasty startups, if you're telling me I can draft DeAndre Swift at the seventh overall, um, which there's probably only a handful or maybe two, three running backs really um, that you could make the argument for in a dynasty startup to go in front of Swift. Uh, but, you know, this is a guy that very similar to Aaron Jones. He's going to, he's going to get a lot of uh, uh, receptions. You know, he catches the ball very well out of the backfield. Uh, he also uh, had his best running a campaign last season um, where he, I mean, he, he only managed uh, 617 yards last year. Um, but he's also only played in 13 games the last two years. So he's going to have to stay healthy. But if he stays healthy, I think this is a guy that you could see make a run in a top three running back this year. So if I'm getting him at seven, I'm not really that upset about that price point. Um, let's go ahead and go to my sleeper pick here, because this is one that I feel like a lot of people have, you know, completely fa- uh, forgotten about or fallen off of. And again, uh, for dynasty aspects, still extremely young, and that's DJ Chark. Uh, DJ Chark signed there with the Lions in free agency, uh, and DJ Chark's only 25 years of age, and we're, we're only a couple years removed from, well, I guess more than a couple at this point. 2019, he finished as a wide receiver 17, um, and then he's had uh, a ton of injury-riddled uh, seasons after that, and let's be honest, uh, uh Jacksonville's offense really hasn't been anything to write home about the last couple of years anyway. Um, but uh, this is a guy that uh, is coming in here in Detroit, and prior to this season, um, even going into last season, if DJ Chark would have been in Detroit, it would have been he would have been the most sought-after player there behind DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson because last year you had guys like Ty Williams – uh, or Tyrell Williams being drafted there uh, because people were, were just looking for a piece of an offense where there may be that guy. Obviously, Amon Ross St. Brown emerged. Um, but DJ Chark's a guy that I think, you know, if he gets gets somewhere in the 90, even 80 to, to 100 targets um, with, the, with the way he moves and as quick as he is, this is a guy that I think you could see break back into that top 36 wide receiver range, be a, a wide receiver three or even a flex play for you uh, week in and week out. And, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of that has to do with Jared Goff as well. We've seen Jared Goff substantiate multiple fantasy relevant wide receivers in the past. And, you know, you could make the argument that it could be a Monroe St. Brown, Jamison Williams, but Jamison Williams, to my knowledge, at least I haven't seen anything yet. Brent, correct me if I'm wrong. is, is not going to be ready for week one. Um, so, you know, 
Jamison Williams missing time and then not getting that training camp aspect. Uh, this is um, uh, this is going to be a guy that uh, DJ Chark could step in and fill that role really nicely. So I do move that right on into my breakout player, and my breakout player is Jamison Williams. Um, and again, easy way out grabbing the rookie here, but this guy had he not had the injury going into the draft, this guy probably is, is in the conversation with wide receiver one in this class with DJ, uh, with Drake London, um, for, for first player off the board, first wide out of the board. Uh, and, uh, you know, Detroit got him in the back half of that first round. I believe they traded back in with Minnesota to get him if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Jamison Williams was absolutely electric there at Alabama, uh, with Bryce Young and, and with John Mechie on the opposite side. Even when John Mechie missed time, Jamison Williams was absolutely a stud. Uh, he was, he was electric in the college football playoff game. Um, but this is a guy that coming in is going to, in my mind, have a very, very similar role to what Cooper Cup did in Los Angeles. Uh, coming out of the slot and moving around the formation, not just the slot, but I think he'll spend most of his time there. And this is a guy that I think is going to be very electric in that Detroit offense. Um, so with my sleeper and my breakout, both being pass catchers from Detroit, it's only natural that I have a pass catcher as my dud as well. Uh, and that's, that's Amon Ross St. Brown. Mm. Listen, Amon Ross St. Amon Ross St. Brown uh, finished the season really well last year um he kind of he kind of broke onto the scene um there and uh the, the second half of the season when there was nobody else in town somebody had to do it Amonra St. Brown did it obviously you could make the argument that he's got the chemistry um with Jared Goff already um but he's he's being drafted right now inside of the fifth round okay uh, his ADP is the 66 player off the board. So again, in 12 man leagues, he's going just, just towards the end of that fifth round there. And uh, this is a guy that last year he finished um, as wide receiver 21 in PPR formats. Uh, he did play 17 games, 90 receptions, 912 yards for five touchdowns. And again, that was in an offense that was desperate for um, a wide receiver to emerge okay tj hawkinson missed time last year they obviously didn't have dj chart they obviously didn't have jamison williams uh so this is just one to me that again natural pecking order is going to come in and i think amon ross st brown's going to be the victim of of dj chark and jamison williams and uh potentially tj hawkinson staying healthy so for me, I didn't struggle nearly as much with, with Detroit and Minnesota as you did with Green Bay and, and Chicago because, um, you know, I felt like both both spots, the studs were pretty obvious. And uh, I, I just have strong opinions, I guess, on uh, on uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark. So those ones were pretty easy for me there. So Yeah, absolutely. Uh, St. Brown's a guy that I really like this year. You, As you know, I traded to go get him. Um, I hope that he isn't a complete dud. I hope I can use him as my wide receiver four where I traded to go get him or my flex two in our league. Um, but, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think uh, really Minnesota and, and Detroit were were kind of almost cut and dry. And, 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 and really, this division's almost cut and dry with fantasy and the way it's it's playing out. Um, I really think it's, it's – um, 
Green Bay takes a huge step back this year with with missing Adams. I think it's Minnesota's division to lose. Um, I really like the chances of Detroit and, and their complete offense to move forward. Um, but, yeah, really the NFC North is is just an overall fun division that's almost cut and dry where it, where it sits. It sits where it sits. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. This one, this one almost reminded me of the NFC South for how easy it was to do, and and where you know where your kind of fa- fantasy value falls and where it doesn't. Absolutely. Next week we'll be doing the AFC East, um, so that one may be a little more fun for us. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. But uh, but that's that's about all I got. How about yourself? Yeah, yeah, that's all I got, Brent. Happy to be back from uh, from the Fat Boys being in vacation. One half of the Fat Boys being in vacation down in uh, Gulf Shores, Alabama. Happy to be back. Happy to be getting back into the research world here and uh, and podcasting with you, of course. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, as always, stay hungry and stay fat, my friends.